0: Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, practical Buddhism for the modern world. Each week I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Welcome to episode 13 of the Toward Light podcast. Today I will be talking about the Brahma Viharas, the divine abodes, these qualities of heart that we can cultivate. Sometimes Buddhism is talked about as a bird with two wings, and there's the wisdom wing and the compassion wing. And if we focus our energy more on one wing than the other, we're just going to fly around in circles. We need both the wisdom and the heart to truly be on this path. So far, a lot of the episodes have emphasized the wisdom side of the path, but I hope that you've heard and felt the heart underneath and entwined in all of that. There are ways that we can very specifically cultivate the energy of our heart to bring more care to our lives, to the lives around us, to the world. This is just an introductory episode about these qualities. Over time, I'll unpack each of them more and share more practices. For today, I just want you to get a flavor of each one and also to be able to see some ways that you could weave it into your life. The story from the teachings is that there were a group of monks who went to practice in a forest that felt scary, bad smells, creepy noises. They were really freaked out. They didn't know how they could stay there for the full rains retreat, the full three months, because it felt really inhospitable. So they went back to the Buddha and said, hey, this place was really scary. We can't practice there. And he gave them this metta sutta. He gave them this chant to do. He said, if you go back with this, with this feeling in your heart, you're no longer going to be full of fear. You're going to be able to live in this area peacefully. And so they went back and they were able to, and it became this beautiful place for them to practice. Also, throughout the teachings, the Buddha brings up these four qualities again and again and talks about that the mind can be imbued with these qualities. So the two ways that it's talked about in the teachings are this Mata Sutta, which can be chanted, which can be lived, and this practice of imbuing our mind with these qualities. There have been many commentaries since then and different ways that these practices have been developed and talked about. There are specific strategies and categories of ways to work with these teachings that have been passed on over the last 1500 years or so. I'm not going to get into the specifics of that today, but I will in the show notes link to the Metta Sutta. I'll also link to the book Loving Kindness by Sharon Salzberg. And that book really spells out different ways to work with these practices that that something you feel called to connect with. These four qualities are metta, kindness, karuna, compassion, mudita, appreciative joy, and upeka, equanimity. They each have a specific job or time when it's appropriate to call on them. But they're all coming from the same place. So I've heard this talked about like electricity. There's the movement of the heart and then depending on what it's faced with, it goes to one of these four things. So Just like you've got electricity in your house, but you can plug in the heating pad or the fan or the light bulb or the iron. It's the same energy powering it. It's just moving in different ways. This first Brahma Vihara is Metta. Meta has sometimes been translated as loving kindness, but the root of the word meta is pretty similar to the root of the word mita, which is about friendship. And so a translation that I like a little bit better and that some people use is kind friendliness or simply kindness. To connect with this feeling of meta, this unconditional kindness, it can help to bring to mind a being where you feel a really easy sense of care. So maybe a pet, a baby, a baby animal, an elder, a friend, a place in nature, some way that you can feel kindness with no strings attached. The near enemy of Mata is attached love. So when we get into our relationships Sometimes we can be in a place of metta, but sometimes we get tangled up in our attachment to the other person, whether it's a romantic relationship, a friendship, a relationship with our family. Over time, we can learn to tell the difference between when it's this open-hearted kindness and when there's some more stickiness to it. Sometimes it can be really subtle. Sometimes we can feel like, oh, I'm just wishing this person well. But if we notice that we have any sort of agenda for the person, that's no longer metta. Meta is said to be appropriate to do at any time, for any being, any situation. For me, it feels most accessible when I can feel it toward myself Then I can feel it toward others. So if my critical voice is very strong about myself, it's going to be harder for me to truly access metta for others. So I often need to turn it on myself first before I can open it to others. A few actions that we can take to embody this feeling of metta, this kindness, we can wear a mask when we're out and about during this global pandemic. And because that takes away some of our connection with others, we can make sure to make eye contact and wave or say hello. We can appreciate that for each of us, it might be difficult or new to be wearing a mask. And we can connect with our own feeling of that and think about what kindness we would like to receive, and then share that with others. In the Metta Sutta, there is this Phrase, wishing in gladness and in safety, may all beings be at ease. So when we're in a spot of feeling safe and glad through our day, as we're walking down the street, as we're at the park, at work, we can repeat that phrase. And that's an action we can take to cultivate this in our hearts. We may not always feel it, but any moment that we're wishing that phrase or saying those words is a moment that we're not. Saying something negative, right? So it's useful. And a final way that we can connect with this feeling of metta, of kindness, is that we can make sure that it's encompassing all beings. So we can notice when we're out and about who does it feel easy to be kind to? Where does it feel hard? What if that is maybe our conditioning? If you notice yourself turning away from people who are homeless or people of color, can you pay attention to that? Can you have some willingness to look at the barriers in your heart and see if you can broaden that scope, maybe even a little bit? The next Brahma Vihara is Karuna, compassion. This is appropriate when there is pain present and you want to care about that pain, whether it's your own, somebody else's, the world's. To connect with this feeling, Think about the last time that you saw somebody injured or yourself injured, somebody crying. How did that make you feel? Could you feel a movement of the heart toward wanting to care, some mercy, some empathy? With all of these, it's important to notice how we can cultivate them for others and how we can cultivate them for ourselves. But particularly with compassion, I find that sometimes it's easier for me if i see somebody else stub their toe it's easier for me to be compassionate with them than if i stub my toe then i call myself names or tell myself i'm clumsy so just notice that for yourself where does it feel easy to respond and where is it harder the near enemy of compassion is pity so we make sure that we're not leaning toward elevating ourselves over the suffering Dukkha is dukkha. We are all going to experience pain and difficulty in our life. So rather than looking at somebody's difficulty and saying, Oh, I'm so sorry, is from that place of your heart of oh that could be me too. And so I care and I, I want you to feel better, be better, and I'm gonna hold you in my heart. So how can we act from a place of compassion? What are some actions we can take in our day? Well, we can, during this global pandemic, wear a mask. We can look at the numbers and see that people are suffering, that people are dying, that people are infected. We can see that the rates of infection are disproportionate in certain groups, and we can act from a place of wanting to prevent more suffering so we can wear a mask when we're out and about. Another way that we can cultivate Karuna is we can notice when we're looking away from dukkha, when we're looking away from suffering, when we're looking away from difficulty. Where I live at the beach, if I'm walking down the boardwalk and I'm seeing people sitting on the side of the boardwalk who are unhoused people who live there, I can notice my tendency to look away from that, to look away from their difficulty of living in the elements, unhoused. Or I can make the choice to make eye contact, to connect to when it feels safe to wave or say hello. And a third way that we can connect with Karuna, with compassion, is we can make sure that we're listening, listening to other voices, not just our voice or people going through similar experiences But make sure that we're listening to a range of experience. Our conditioning can get us almost used to a very specific flavor of pain. So we sometimes need our heart to be opened more. We need to be cracked open and to not dull ourselves. We need to feel the pain of the world so that we can respond with our hearts and we can truly care. Compassion only works if we're fueled, if we're compassionate toward ourselves. If I'm compassionate toward myself, I know, oops, like I am running on empty. I need to take care of myself. And then my heart can care for others. But I can't offer compassion if it's not provided to myself. Mudita is appreciative joy, gratitude. To connect with this feeling, we can think about people in our lives who have had good things happen to them and how happy we are for them. I've heard many teachers talk about mudita being one of the hardest ones because as I said that last phrase about, okay, think about a time when someone that in your life has had something good happen to them, you may have been able to come up with something where you felt happy for them. But often what comes up is jealousy. Which that's the far enemy. That's the opposite of mudita. So, bringing some awareness to when have you felt happy for somebody? And sometimes, again, it needs to be a simple thing like what about when a kid gets an ice cream cone or a dog gets to go to the park and they're so excited? Can you feel how your heart can be happy for them? And so, then try and bring that experience to with a peer or with a friend. A coworker who gets a promotion? Can you feel that, like real appreciation that good things are happening for them? The near enemy of mudita is exhilarations. It's important to not get too overly exuberant or overly energized. There is a joy here, but it's not taking over, it's grounded. This is appropriate when anybody is experiencing something good, including yourself appreciating the blessings in others' lives or in your life? What are some ways we can act from a place of mudita? We can honor someone when they have an achievement, when something happens, whether it's sending a text or a card, but taking moments to say, wow, congratulations, or oh, I'm so happy for you. The other day I was talking to a friend and We were talking about my relationship and she just said, wow, you really manifested what you were looking for. I'm so happy for you. And that stayed with me the last few days. There's something about when people see our happiness, it just feels good. We can appreciate milestones. We can acknowledge milestones of marginalized groups. I can notice that for me, a white female master's degree certain accomplishments are going to be easier for me than a black woman in the same setting. And so when I see her reaching an accomplishment, I need to celebrate that. I need to really look in my heart and see, wow, like she had to work harder than I did for this. I need to honor her and appreciate her. And that need, it doesn't come from any sort of cognitive place. But it's this real movement of the heart. All of these are our heart feeling that like, yes, I am so fucking proud of you. That feeling. And a final place that we can act from a place of appreciation is again, during this global pandemic is we can wear a mask Because we are appreciating each person's life and each person's accomplishments. And so we can say, okay, what's some way I can honor this? I can protect myself. I can protect others. The final Brahmavihara is Upaka, equanimity, which is a balancing factor of the others. Depending on the word used for this heart quality, it can be translated in a couple different ways. One is this feeling of looking out over. To connect with this feeling, you can imagine that you're standing like on a mountain or a cliff and overlooking a town or overlooking the ocean, overlooking the forest. That feeling of looking out over, kind of that broad view. It can also have this flavor of there in the middleness. So this feeling of standing in the middle of a concert, being at a concert and standing in a crowd of people and not feeling swayed, feeling like you can st- be there and be present. Maybe you're moving with the music, but you don't, you don't feel pulled in any direction. You're there. You can witness it all. The important thing to know about equanimity is that it is subtle It is a different feeling than the other three. It is cooler. The compassion is moving more into pity and burnout. You call on equanimity. You call on this broader view to kind of dampen that fire, to cool down, to look with a more dispassionate eye. Equanimity really takes into account the truth of karma that there's cause and effect for everything and that we can't fully change or affect somebody else's karma in the ways that we think we could or we would like to. The near enemy of equanimity is detachment. So I used the word dispassion a minute ago, which is we're still engaged, but we are kind of take a step back. Detachment means that we fully pull our heart out. So we don't want that. We want to still be engaged. And this is, again, because it's so subtle, this is a dance to do. This takes a while. So what are some ways that we can act from a place of Upaka? A really important one is to notice when we're micromanaging somebody else or ourselves, when we're trying to affect them or us to do things a certain way. I personally can get super tied up in this idea of productivity and what I've done on my to-do list or haven't done. And, and when I start to get really wound up in that, I know my equanimity is gone. I'm not seeing the broader picture. I'm getting really tied up in some very specific tiny tasks. So important to notice any time that we're nitpicky, micromanaging, that's a moment to step back to imagine ourselves up on a cliff for a moment looking over our life and say, okay, like what is really important right now? Another way we can connect with equanimity is in equanimity, this is a real wisdom factor of the heart. So we can really connect with our own strengths and and areas for growth. So we can know, okay, if I care deeply that black lives matter, and I want to make a difference what is the best way that this particular mind-body system can do that? So when we're acting from a place of equanimity, we're taking into account the wholeness. We're taking into account the fact that, oh, for me, like maybe I'm not great at going to rallies or marches, but there are other ways that can be useful. So for each of us, finding our way to connect with our hearts in a way that works for us. And the final way that we can act from a place of equanimity, from Upaka, is that we can see the universality. We can see that we all, at the end of the day, want to be seen and loved and safe. And so during this global pandemic, we can wear a mask. We can see that this is a way that we can care for one another, that we can care for ourselves we can notice the parts of ourselves that say this is uncomfortable or i don't like that my glasses fog up and we can do it anyway because from this cool level-headed heart we know that this is what is the best for the world again this has just been a taste of these four brahmaviharas i can get into each of them more and i recommend that you notice which one really connected with you and See if you can put some energy there. See if you can try on some of these exercises. So from a place of gladness and safety, may all beings be at ease. Thank you so much for listening. The links are in our show notes. You can find me on Instagram at TowardLight108 and the website is TowardLight.net. If you have any questions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you you